This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where personal spiritual growth is fueled through a variety of practices rather than a single prescriptive time of devotion, where we discuss different spiritual practices that help us be more present with God, others, and ourselves. What's going on, practitioners? What's up? So we've been talking about for the last few weeks why spiritual disciplines are important, and it seems like we're not getting to that conversation quick enough, but we're getting there next week. But we have to set this up first. And we, we've talked about Henry's whole deal about um, the paradox of being filled yet unfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've talked about the importance of kingdom work, and we've talked about how Jesus works in the kingdom or works for the kingdom. Yep. Now we need to have the conversation about what does that mean for us? How do we work in the kingdom? Mm. And Cullen, what do we say all the time? Who is our model? Jesus. Jesus. Henry opens with our lives are destined to become like the life of Jesus. Yes. Hey man, that'll preach. Yes. That'll, like literally, that is why we call ourselves Christians. That is why we exist. Go all the way back to Genesis 17 and the covenant that God made with Abraham. That is a link. We've been talking about this on a closer look. That is the link to Jesus. If you don't believe me, look at Matthew 1. Yeah. Go. There, th- this is why we exist, to live like Jesus. 100%. And if you are a avid listener of our podcast and you've listened to uh, Pints of Perspectives, maybe you've heard our soteriological episodes um, where we detail out what deification is. Henry kind of talks about that here. Not in that way. He's a proponent. Yeah, kind of. He says, we tend to emphasize the distance between Jesus and ourselves. We see Jesus as the all-knowing and all-powerful Son of God who is unreachable for us sinful, broken human beings. But in thinking this way, we forget that Jesus came to give his own life. He came to lift us up into loving community with the Father. Only when we recognize the radical purpose of Jesus' ministry will we be uh, able to understand the meaning of the spiritual life. What's the key word in that entire sentence? This last one? Yep. Purpose. The one, no. Jesus? Nope. <laughs> it's a word that, the reason I'm asking the question, it's a word you would not think is the most important Only. Word. Nope. Radical. Mm. Jesus lives a radical life in order to enact the kingdom of God. Yep. Like radical is the key word. Jesus shows up and in Mark's gospel, he like literally it's like an action movie. And Mark's gospel is the first gospel written. And he jumps on scene. He says, I'm here. Da da da. You've been waiting on me. And what have I come to do? To preach the good news of the message of the kingdom of God. Yeah. And then he calls himself, or the narrative calls him, Messiah or Christ, mm-hmm. King. Yeah. But what's his exaltation? A cross. Mm. What's his crown? Thorns. Thorns. What's his royalty? 
a bloody sash. Yeah. The way of Jesus is a radical change, a radical turning on its head of the social, political, and power structure at B. Jesus is a radically different person. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking at him as how you would be, you're reading it wrong. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and in all that radical miraculousness. Oh. I love it. Oh, I, my That just came to me in the moment. God, that's going to preach radical miraculousness. You can steal it if you want. Just give me credit the first few times. Thank you. <laughs> um, that's a book title. Ooh, yes, it is. Um, but in all of that radical miraculousness, what does Jesus say? That we will do what he does and then some. And then some. And, and that's the key. And then some. We can do all the things that Jesus has done and more. G John's gospel at the end says there's these kind of nine famous signs the signs of John's gospel where Jesus does all these miraculous moments. And at the end of the gospel, Jesus says, and greater things than these mm -hmm. will you do after me. Yeah. And, and Henry quotes one of these moments um, in John 14, uh, whoever believes in me will perform the same works as I do myself. He doesn't go into the and yeah. greater, but uh, that's what that is. We in our divine likeness, in our pursuit of the kingdom of God, we can do the things that Jesus has done. T-shirt, do Jesus things. Do Jesus things. Yes, do Jesus things. Do Jesus things. And I, I love the way he kind of takes this. He kind of goes on and on about that for a while, which you can do. It's very easy. And it's also a very rich area. Yes. Because so few people actually do it. Right. And look, as someone who is and is trying to be very involved in the deconstruction space, more people are deconstructing for any other reason than because of the fact that they don't see people of faith doing Jesus things. Yeah. Which leads us into the next conversation. Come let me ask you a question. I don't want to word it that way. If Jesus was not like us, if Jesus, Whoa. hold on, hold on. If Jesus was not like us, if he came in with power and money and all of these things, could we be like him? No, he's not accessible. He's not accessible. That's what the comment he makes here. He became like us so that we might become like him. Oh, that's very Irenaeus of him. Walk that out. That's the same construction that Irenaeus uses to introduce the idea of deification. Mm. God became like man so that man might become like God. Yeah. I think that's freaking gold. It is gold. Like, that is just... 
we cannot be like this um, extravagant, transcendent being. Mm. Because we are not capable of that. Yeah. We need, we needed God to take on flesh, live human life, live the same struggles, the ins and outs of life, even down to the little thing that you don't think is inconvenient or that you think is inconvenient that you don't think that God has to struggle with. Jesus struggled with. He gets it. And because he did that, now you can do the things that he has done and more. Jesus, literally, like, the entire construct of the whole narrative of Jesus is, and I, I'm just more and more convinced of this, like, any any kind of part of the Jesus narrative you want to come up with, you can put the equal sign, like, Jesus plus X factor mm-hmm. equals Jesus made a way so that you can too. Yeah. Like that's the entire formula. Jesus plus X. Jesus plus miraculous healing. Jesus plus fighting oppression. Jesus plus turning the tables in the temples. Jesus plus dying on the cross and resurrection. Jesus plus XYZ equals so that you can too. Yeah. And that happens through the work of the Holy Spirit. A hundred percent. And he he sets this conversation up with a conversation about, I will send you a helper and all those things, right? Yep, a paraclete. Uh, and he says, Jesus sends the Spirit so that we may be led to the full truth of the divine life. Truth does not mean an idea, concept, or doctrine, but the true relationship. Ooh, read that again. Truth does not mean an idea, concept, or doctrine, but the true relationship. You, the truth is your relationship to divine likeness, to God, to Jesus. Do Jesus things. Do Jesus things. That That's the thing that I, I don't think can be missed. There's a... Um, There's a kind of pattern of what we see in Jesus. And one of the things that we continually see in Jesus, specifically in the Gospels, is that he went about doing good works and performing miracles. Do not know I would be about my father's business. Yeah, like, and I will tell you, like, for me, this is huge for me now. Wallhouse doesn't do a ton of it right now because we don't have the manpower to facilitate a lot of it. But like, first and foremost, do Jesus things. Like, I can't tell you how many times I look back on our childhood and go, you know, for all the, growing up basically my entire life in church, you know, I can't remember a single, I can't remember hearing a single sermon on the Good Samaritan. 
I'm sure it was preached. It just wasn't memorable enough to rem- to. I can't remember. I can't remember hearing a single sermon on the quartet of the vulnerable. Mm. I can't remember it in stories. Yeah. I can't remember it in discipleship classes. I can't remember a single reference other than like in passing conversation. Yeah. Because the narrative of faith that I was given is that we actually don't have to care for anyone. Yeah. Because, unfortunately, our faith took the narrative of the oppressor rather than the liberator. And therefore, we didn't do Jesus things. Yeah. We did pharisaical things. And there's a very big difference between the religious folk and the relationship folk. Yeah. Which I think is what Henry's saying. That is what Henry is saying. And that's sort of where he's going next. Do In doing Jesus things, in pursuing divine likeness, a lot of people then believe that you must be taken out of this world is the way that Henry talks about it. Um, Oh, this kind of escapist idea that the epitome of the Christian life is to be taken away to heaven? Yeah, kind of. To be lifted up into into the divine life of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit does not mean, however, to be taken out of the world. Mm -hmm. What did we talk about last week? Jesus is not asking you to become a monk. No. To give up all of these things. While I think that that can be good, but if you're a monk, it becomes a lot harder to do Jesus things because you are separated from the world. Yep. Um, he says, actually, on the contrary, those who have entered into the spiritual life are precisely the ones who are sent into the world to continue and fulfill the work that Jesus began. Mm. Jesus came to love. Jesus came to flip power structures. Jesus came to care for the oppressed, to heal. Guess what? Church. You should do. That is why you exist. Do, do Jesus things. That is now your mission. Jesus' mission was to do these things. It's our mission as well. Now it's ours. I, when, I, you, if, when, when you receive the grace, the salvific grace of God, that is now your mission. I think I think for me and and maybe it's because I grew up the other way and so now I'm throwing the pendulum the other way and maybe the truth somewhere in the middle I don't think the main goal of the Christian life is holiness No, absolutely not. I think the main goal of the Christian life is to enact justice. I think the main goal of the Christian life is to enact goodness. Mm. Um, You know, for so long, I remember hearing this narrative that in order to be a good Christian, you can't sin. In order to be a good Christian, you have to be right. In order to be a good Christian, you, 
you must get rid of all this sin in your life. And in order to be a good Christian, you must judge those who sin because we can't tolerate this sin because God doesn't tolerate this sin. Yeah. I don't think any of that's the goal of the Christian life. I don't think so. I, I, that's not our job, bro. No. Stay in your lane. Like, Jesus is the one called the judge, yep. not yep. us. That's not us. Yeah, I think there are parts of our life that are, as Christians and people of faith, that need to be about holiness. Because um, God seems to be very concerned with that. Like I don't like I think there are pieces of your character that matter. But I think the thing that matters to God more than sin and I don't know if Henry talks about this. I can't remember. If he doesn't in that book, he does in one of his other books. Um Levitical law is massively misunderstood. Mm. The Everybody knows Levitical law for the first part of Leviticus. Yeah. The second part of Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy this is about people of faith and acting justice and goodness and caring for their community of faith. Mm. It's not about this personal holiness thing. It's, it's not about the dogmatism. It's not, it's not about the legalism that the church has created. No, that's why they have sacrificial systems because mm. they know they're not going to be like, God knows you're not going to be able to do this. Now, does that mean you should just abuse it? No, but like at the same point, you're never going to achieve perfection. So stop judging people because they have sins different than you. Mm. That is why we are very against sin hierarchies at Wellhouse Church. A hundred percent. I hate that crap. Because your sin is rebelling against God the same as it is as the other person's. And and I've said it on other podcasts, like, and I'll I'll say it here too. You're you're more likely to not get leadership positions at Wellhouse Church, not because of your past sins. You're not kind. Not you, but no, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, an individual like, look, be kind, be a good person, be about justice, be about goodness, be about the things of Jesus. Yeah, I don't, I don't care if you're divorced or if you've been an alcoholic in the past or if you have shame that's entered your life and you feel, sh- uh, if you have sin that's entered your life and you feel shame from that. We all got it, bro. Like, I'm not going to stand here or, or sit here and tell you that I don't have sin. Like, I'm a broken person just like the rest of us. I'm convinced the only reason that I sit in this chair is, number one, because God's gracing me with giving me this position. But the other thing is, because, I, like, I've read these books. I can be a good guide for you. I don't think there's anything special about me as a pastor other than that fact. Yeah. And that I try to be kind. Now, I'm also a jerk a lot of the time, and I get that because... I will attest to that. Yeah, you're also a jerk sometimes, too. I can't. Um, (laughs) But, like, I I really do think, like, the thing that we see more often in Jesus than anything else is that he's kind. Hmm. Um, It's that he's loving. It's that he's about justice. 
because he's about his father's work, which is also about justice. Yeah. Church. I kind of want to leave you with this. Having become sons and daughters as Jesus was son, our lives become a continuation of Jesus' mission. There is reason that Jesus is called the Son. There is a reason that we are talked about as sons and daughters of God. Jesus, the Son of God, 12 years old, roughly, told his worrying parents, how would you think that I would not be about my father's business? We are to be about our father's business. Preach. We are about flipping power structures, caring for the widow and the orphan, loving people. We are kingdom first. And if you have not picked it up yet, participating in divine likeness is living fruitfully. It is living in love. It is caring for people. That is kingdom work. Yes, that seems obvious. Sure, I get it. You're probably like, yeah, Clayton, I I knew that already. But ask yourself, why are you doing it? Are you doing it in the pursuit of divine likeness? Are you doing it out of love? Or are you doing it at all? Pursuing the kingdom is pursuing Jesus.